You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings, to shoyu sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Strange Boat, the Angling Podcast. I'm Keith Arthur, and I'm joined by Ant Glasgow Jr. It's his second time on board, and whilst first time we discovered loads of stuff about him and his fishing, this time I want to be more specific. We're going urban. Welcome aboard, Ant. Good to see you, mate. Yeah, always good to see you, Keith. How are we doing? Good. Well, we're spoiled because we can see each other, which may be a blessing or not, but everybody <laughs> else can only hear us, So, but never mind. <laughs> Now, now, since we last spoke, of course, you've taken on a new role, haven't you? What are you, what are you up to? I have, mate. I, uh, I now work for uh, Fishing Republic as a social media executive. Uh, yeah, me in, a, in an office. Executive, um, I like it. <laughs> I've put a lot of beef on, mate. Trust me doing this, uh, but <laughs> sat around. No, uh, yeah, um, something different. I wanted a, a bit of a change. Um, I was, you know, I, I was down in the dumps a little bit, uh, and and you know, I to believe it or not, I was an angle say, and and I, I got a severe sunstroke. You know, the, the I was really excited. The bass fishing was was on fire, and uh, I had a few cans of beer whilst pumping my home wave uh, rib up 
and uh, or SIB, whatever you want to call them. And I got a bit too carried away, excited. Uh, the next day, mate, I thought I was going to die. Um, so, you know, getting to the point, I I was I spent five days in bed um, in the middle of Anglesey. And uh, I seen a job come up and uh, applied for it. And yeah, and lo and behold, I, I got it. And, and I'm here now. <laughs> Marvellous. Now, now Fishing Republic has gone on. I remember when it first started. It's not a very old company, but there's now a couple of levels up, isn't it? Because it was... First of all, it was um, go uh, go outdoors and JD Sports. Are they now all one and the same? Yeah, well, as you know, Fishing Republic it, it has only just been bought out by uh, the JD branch, Go Outdoors. So it's quite a new thing. Uh, I think they purchased the company a couple of years ago, I think. Um, and 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 yeah, so so it's actually the mothership is is actually JD Sports, then Go Outdoors. Mm. Yeah. Go Outdoors is part of the same group, but working independently, I take it, is it? It is, yeah. And, and you know, these, the, you know, I think there's three standalone uh, Fishing Republic stores across the UK. And then there are sort of uh, Fishing Republics situated inside Go Outdoors. Gotcha. Um, 69 stores, I think, wow. if I'm not, you know, if, yeah, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, yeah, I'm sure pretty, pretty much 69 stores. Well, now I so, understand. Yeah. I, I now understand what happens. So that's, uh, that's, that's yeah. good for me. And, um, before we get onto the fishing, you've got a new mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't you know, see, cons- I thought he was my best mate. Then <laughs> I thought he was Ali Hamidi's <laughs> best mate. And now he's your best mate. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, uh, David Seaman. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I've never have been a football fan, Keith. You know, I've never ever. I come from a huge football family, but I, I took my own way and never really got into it. But I know of David, and you know, I, I have watched him on the TV and stuff. And and uh, yeah, so yeah, so yeah, David. We're working really closely with David, and uh, and and he's he's now uh, a brand new ambassador for Fishing Republic. Which you know, I've I've kept a secret, you know, for we all have the whole team of us have, Oops. Uh, for, <laughs> for 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 you know, well, the, the big announcement was yesterday. Oh, thank so goodness. you know, so I know, yeah, but uh, you know, I've even kept it a secret from my friends and stuff. So yeah. it's been, You've it's, got been to. it's been, it's been you amazing. Can't let it get out, can no, you? When, when it's things definitely like not. No, I, I, I really not. like Dave. I've done some good stuff with Dave. I had some good filming with him. I caught my probably my second biggest barbel fishing with him um, on the yeah, Thames of all yeah. places, £11 one and, and some wow. trout. I did a trout film with him many years ago, but the first time I ever met him was in 1996 on a tight, tight lines when Bruno Brooks was presenting in the old, old days of sky sports when there wow. was a sky sports center, there was no sky sports news. It was a sky sports center and sky wow. sports center studio was at the end of the corridor and Tight Lines was the next one up. So our producer stood outside the door because he knew Dave Seaman and, and, and yep. another footballer were in talking about the draw for the European Championships. Colin Calderwood, it was actually. Spurs player, so wow. Scotsman. So the Scots and English were in there talking about the... Um, the, the I think it was the European Cup draw. It wasn't the World Cup 96, was it? Anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. As David's come down the corridor, Dave, Dave, Dave... Yeah. We're doing tight lines. It's live. 
and it was re- genuinely live in those days. I mean, yeah. it was it was only recorded an hour before it went out at m- most, but this was genuinely live. He, Fancy coming in for a chat with, with Keith Arthur and Bruno Brooks? Yeah, oh, I'll do that. You know what Dave's like, that big thing. <laughs> and we didn't have a chair. So, oh. but we had a desk and he squatted behind the desk on his haunches wow. for about 10 minutes while we grilled him about his fishing. And that was the, uh, wow. yeah, he, he, he went out with bigger thigh muscles and he came in and they were big enough to start with. <laughs> and yeah, but he's a, he's a genuinely lovely bloke. And I'll tell you, mate, he is a very, very competent angler. He's a very yeah. good angler indeed. He loves his barbel. He loves his river fishing. He doesn't mind his carp fishing. He, he can he can cast a fly, and his yep. strength. I mean, he hasn't got a great deal of technique in casting a fly, but he's got enough strength to get it out there. You know, and, and we yeah. fished at, we fished at a place near Rickmansworth, and and we had a lovely day. Uh, anyway, um, that's in, enough of the, the by the by. Um, yeah. And yeah. we found out the last time we spoke how much you enjoy your predator fishing. And yeah. how you've sort of almost, you've, you've not quite gone completely onto the, the lure fishing track, but you, you, you now fish predominantly lures rather than bait or bait and lures. You're, you're now mostly a, a lure angler. Would that be a fair description? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I, you know, I was brought, my dad was a real old school piker. So, you know, uh, rubbing shoulders with like you know Gordy and all them lot, and and back well, in Gord, the days of luck, we yeah. must say Gord Burton. We must talk. We, we must give yeah, the man full credit. Gord, Gord yeah. the Piking Pirate. Piking Pirate. So yeah. my, my 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 dad came from that era of the Mick Browns and the Gord Burtons. Yeah. Uh, you know, fishing Lomond and all the all the big places back yeah. in the days, um, and, and and you know, so he was a traditional pike angler. You know, did a bit of low fishing in the summer, but mainly focused on his winter fishing with his baits. Now, when I was a kid, I kind of, you know, I did a little bit of both, you know, but I really enjoyed up until the early oh, nine, nine, 19, sorry, 99 was when I kind of hit the low scene mainly where we were importing lows from the States, from the musky guys. Uh, my dad had some contacts over there, and we would we were we were making our own bits and pieces as well. Um, but you know, I was a traditional sort of all round predator angler. I still am, but over the past sort of ten years, I kind of fell out with the bait fishing and mainly concentrated on on my lure fishing more. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm mainly sort of a, a lure fisherman. Um, I kind of fell out with pike, to be fair. You know, and 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 kind of um, concentrating on my perch. You know, I just my perch fishing is. I'm you know, more addictive with my per- perch and urban trout fishing, I'll be honest. <laughs> was it anything to do with uh, something lacking from the pike or something you didn't like about pike fishing specifically? Or did you just think, you know, I've caught a load of these. They're very big. They yeah. don't always fight as hard as they should. No, um, no. And, and, and I, I just fancy a new trip. Was it something like that or, or did someone put you off? I mean, I'm not, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. No, 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 no. I, I just got, you know, um, I just wanted to keep on the move. Uh, I, di- I did that anyway when, when when I was bait fishing for pike, and it was rare that I stayed in one spot. I just couldn't keep in one spot. Or, you know, I've never owned a bivvy in my life, believe it or not. Mm. I've done photo shoots with them, but I've never owned a bivvy, and I've very rarely had a brawler. You know, it, I was more, you know, pay, pay that extra for a good suit and sit it out in a storm and keep on the move. You know, oh, I thought you were going to say like me, sleep indoors and don't go out when it's raining. <laughs> yeah, 
no, honestly, no, nothing really put me off, Pike. You know, I caught, you know, I caught some not blowing smoke up my own bum, but I've had some cracking fish, uh, and they all look, see, they all look similar on on camera and stuff. But for me personally, it, it the perch is more, it, it, it's just. It, I think it looks more of a predator than a pike, and I'll probably get shot down for that, but that's my personal view. They're such a beautiful fish. When you think about it, logically, perch don't often scavenge. They'll take a worm ledger, they'll take maggots ledger. I mean, I've caught yeah. them on tears, I've caught them on pellets, yeah. I've caught them on punch bread, I've caught them on all sorts of things. But sure. you're not going to see a, a perch like a pike necessarily mm. go after a dead fish or eels or, or, or pick up dead yeah. and live fish and i've w actually watched them do both i've watched eels yeah. as well as pike take both yeah so I, I know that that's the case but yeah perch are they're more of a hunter i think aren't they yeah but me personally you know we've got a canal it's crystal clear keith and i seen i seen something this uh this summer sorry when was it? It was sorry. It was like it was about around about last April, uh, and I seen a. I hooked a perch, maybe quarter of a pound, and I'm far from it from exaggerating. And these two perch came from nowhere, and I've seen big fish, but these were five pound, two five pound pluses. They were huge, mate. They were apps, and one of them, so I hooked a small perch, and one of these perch hit this perch, swallowed it. But because the perch, the, the small perch I hooked was was it swallowed the, the the micro lure, and I had this big perch on for ages. Now I did have GoPros and stuff. I stopped using all them because you know it was a personal view of mine that you know I was putting YouTube videos on and it was giving places away. Yeah, I'm a bit old school with stuff like that, and I'm kicking myself now if I'd have had that uh, that GoPro chest mount on. I'd have probably captured something completely amazing, mate. Uh, and and we went back not so long ago, and I hooked a couple of decent perch, but none of them big perch shown up. So, but seeing that, mate, was just you know it, it completely blew me away. It, and it took the it took the perch off, mate. It, it took yeah. it off. It didn't snap, mate. It, the, no, the smaller no. perch wriggled off, and it took it just took the perch. That is a hell so, of a fish, you know. I, I mean, I, I, I'm. Blessed, I've actually held um, a perch that was the record at the time, five pounds wow. nine ounces, when John Shaler caught his perch down at, at the pond yeah. in Horseman Den. Um, wow. I was actually fishing next to him, and he asked me yeah. to hold it while the bloke from the British Record Fish Committee zeroed the scales. <laughs> so, wow. and, and that was, you know, I, I always say to people, imagine a five pound carp, put stripes on it, and that's how big it was. And they go, what? Well, how big did they think <laughs> yeah. it was going to be? It wasn't going to be smaller, was it? You know, they're yeah. damn great things. And and, yeah. and and I've had experiences, like you say, we had one at, at our little ponds at Get Hooks on Fishing, and we it threw up some surprise perch. The first one it threw up was very surprising because none had been stocked. So yeah. for a pond that was only seven years old to to suddenly a, a two and a half pound dead perch float up on the surface was yeah. quite surprising. Um, yeah. But yeah. We, we we had we were entertaining some scouts there um, one evening yeah. probably before COVID, the year yeah. before yeah. COVID, so yeah. twenty eighteen I guess. And um, they they were, they were scouts as scouts are these days. There were boys and girls, and on my platform there were there were two boys on the outside and two girls on the inside, and they're not very big platforms. And we just get everybody fishing with a three meter whip, and and, yeah. and one of the girls in the on the inside hooked this roach, brought it to the surface, and she never caught a fish. Oh, I've got one! I've 
I've got one. You know what it's yeah. like. And, yeah. and, and yeah. mate turned round to look and didn't leave her pole out in front. She dragged her whip round with her and tangled yeah. in the line. Yeah. So I said, oh, don't oh. worry. You know, we'll sort that out. And, and as I said it, a perch came up and engulfed the roach that was slapping on the surface. And wow. it was a seriously, give it to me, give it to me. And I, you know, I'm sort of throwing, <laughs> yeah. the, throwing the whip at the fish, hoping that it, it was the other one was pulling and it, 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 it was my fault. Anyway, it broke. So, uh, but, yeah. but that, yeah. you know, that, it, wasn't, it wasn't five pound. No way was it five pound. But when they come like that out, the blue, it's amazing. So, so though, these crystal clear canals, was that sort of your start of urban fishing or had you been doing it previous to that? I I started urban uh, fish. Obviously, I grew up in Manchester, and I've probably spoke about this before. But I started fishing the the, the, the canals in the centre of Manchester with my dad. So my dad he worked he worked nights um, for the council with on the street lamps, and what he would do on his dinner, he would every now and then, you know, he would look in the canals right in Piccadilly. And, uh, and, and, you know, you get people on nights out throwing stuff off, off bridges. And he, he, he told me this particular bridge, there was a, a, a white, uh, huge uh, roadwork sign tipped up, upside down, face down. So the, the white was showing. And he, he was uh, sightseeing perch shoals over the top of this sign. And every, so he'd finish work, he'd get home in the morning on a weekend and he'd pick me up, we'd go down there and we'd free line lobbies, lobworms for these, yeah. we'd, we'd pick out the bigger perch and it started off then. So that was, that was the, that was the well, mid eighties. Um, and yeah. And then, and then he, he would, I'm 40 years old now, Keith, so I am getting on mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, so the, the urban scene and then, and then we would, um, He'd have all these old on decks laws with the, you know, and the meps with the red, you know, the red fluff red on. Wool, yeah. yeah, the red wool, yeah. And, you know, that was the start in the 80s of, of my personal, my urban my urban fishing, um, catching perch, catching perch at the back of the old Kellogg's factory where the hot water used to come in. Hottest, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, people, you, you know, you, there'd be people pike fishing from Liverpool and all over, for, you know, fishing there. And it was a popular wow. spot, and, and we used to target the perch. But and back then, uh, the pike really didn't excite me. It, it was, it was. I was more interested in the perch. You know, yeah. we would make our own laws out of silicone. My dad had, he'd get a pane of glass, and he would get clear, clear and white silicone, and he'd, he'd, he'd squeeze with the gun, you know, worm shapes out, and before the silicone had set, he'd sprinkle um, glitter in it, and the glitter would sink into the actual silicone, and then he'd embedded a hook in there. So the hook was sort of like already in, old school mate, and that that was yeah. the start. That was the start of our of our uh, of our of, of my urban fishing anyway, making our own bits because you couldn't get stuff back then. You know, you know we'd order, you know we'd order like you know um, when Bass Pro was like around, and you'd write a letter off and get some crappy laws and stuff like or what you know family members would go over to crappy as in fish order. for fishing fish as, as yeah in, lures for catching crappy not lures crappy. that weren't very good <laughs> yeah. sorry i've got yeah, a box yeah. full just just down beside me i've got a, i've got a box full here little jitterbugs and things yeah oh, but, mate. You, you know you i'll show you in a second i'll go right down there um please yeah you, you've just um rung a bell in my brain and and i don't want to Every time you've got a story, I don't want to have a no, story, but no, you've reminded no. me in, in yeah. the mid 1970s 
Yeah, I used to work yeah. in a fishing tackle shop in, in the East End of London, in Hackney, in wow. Mare Street in Hackney. And yeah. the canal runs through Hackney, it goes through Bethnal Green, it keeps going down Bow, down to Stepney, right down yeah. into, you know, Tubby Isaac's Allgate territory. Yeah. Proper, hardcore Cockney area. Properly, and yeah, there yeah. Were, <laughs> people used to fish for perch down there with the, the Voblex, the Ondex, the maps that you talk about. Yeah. And they'd cast them out and walk along the canal. Yeah. So they'd yeah. be trolling them. And I remember yeah. seeing a photo, and it was a photo in those days as well. Somebody had got a camera, clicked yeah. it, taken it into a shop, got it developed, into the chemist, yeah. got it developed, yeah. come out and bought it into bought it into the shop. And and he had two perch over three <clears> pounds, and wow. he'd caught those walking the lure along the yeah. canal. So, yeah, urban yeah. fishing, well, we might as well finish. It's not new anymore. It's it's, it's old school now. But, it, it's it, yeah. you know, these these fish were there. Just very, very few people fished for them. And, yeah. But I suppose in the last few years, with the the onset, first of all, well, I'm not sure if it's first of all. I don't know which way around it went. But mm-hmm. we had a sudden burst of LRF, of light rock fishing, and yeah. highly specialised equipment suddenly appeared on the market. You, you had some yep. of the major brands doing it. You had Garbolino doing their Sakura brand. Yeah, you had yep. HTO doing a range of stuff. And you yep. had the specialist stuff coming from the USA. Yep. Well, I guess yeah. the USA. Uh, and, and, and although people bought it originally to fish sometimes for micro species like blennies and gobies and, and little tiny rats yep. and Tom pots and Tom pot blennies and 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 top knot fish that live up the sides and walls. People yeah. started getting into it for that. Did it did the 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 sudden the massive yeah. increase in urban lure fishing? Did it come from there, or did was the urban lure fishing just happen to coincide and come alongside it? I, I, personally, I think I think the urban the urban scene, the urban lure scene, was before all the LRF sort of style. Um, Stuff. I mean, you know, I started LRFing when uh, you'll definitely remember these. In fact, I was trying to tell, describe to someone today what my first ultralight low rod was, and it was an old Silstar six foot picker rod. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember yeah. him, Keith? Little tiny six I foot. Do. And that's what that's what I was, you know, using um, for perch and and <laughs> me, me, me blennies, you know, and, and stuff like that. You know what's the biggest irony of all, don't you? That's what they were made for. Yeah. Well, they weren't yeah. made for ledgering. There was no such thing as a six foot ledger rod. But the yeah. people who sold Silstar in the UK almost certainly went, hang on, we got these little rods. They're yeah. only twelve ninety nine. What yeah. can we sell them for? I know, light ledgering. Yeah. But really, they were probably, and, and we're going back, and now you're going back to when you were born, you're going back 40 years. Yeah. When yeah. I, I yeah. remember those coming in, the Silstar Pickers came in yeah. certainly in the 1980s. Yeah, yeah, wow. Crappy look. Oh, mate. A box full of those. <laughs> little hustlers. Oh, mate. Did, me For those t- people that can't see, which is all of you except me and Ant, I'm picking up a variety of lures from, from, from my crappy box, and I use it for crappy fishing. Uh, well, used to when I used to go to the States regularly. Wow. And, um, yeah, some of these are, are lovely little things. They're just they're, – they're, these are like tiny little imitation worms yeah. with frilly skirts, and yellow seems to be the crappy colour. Yeah, yeah. They seem to love a bit of yellow. I've got boxes of them. Oh, little mate. hustler, what's it? Yeah, one one dollar nine cents for yeah. ten lures. 
But wow. they're like, they need they, they're jigs. They they need to put on a jig head. Yeah, little tiny, little tiny curl tails. Mate, I I I am a di- so I've gone from chasing pike, <laughs> monster pike on the huge locks and, and reservoirs, using stupid big baits and jerk baits and swim baits, and I've gone I've gone back to my childhood, and it doesn't yeah. really it doesn't really appeal to me anymore. I'd rather yeah. go and catch a, you know a blenny or. You know, a, you know, mm. a micro perch, and you know, I, 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 it's great. I, I love it. The, the micro fishing now is just, and, and you know, I love it. And and the access to tackle these days is just immense. You know, it, these, oh. uh, it, I love it. There are businesses that run on it. Oh, a million percent. Yeah, it brings the kid out it, it back in people, and it's a great way. It's a great way of get introducing newbies or kids into yeah. you know. You know, I've got a little tiny micro. I think it's called a microbite, flattened microbite, and it's four foot, four feet long. And I've got this tiny little ice fishing reel. And the looks I get walking down the beach and fishing in rock pools. <laughs> well, you can, but you genuinely yeah. do. You know, people say, oh, you're fishing in a, some water in the rocks. You're not. It's a pool isolated by the tide, and the tide is down there, and there's a rock pool. Yeah. And there'll be, you know, a, a substantial number of fish in those, you yeah. just don't ever look, normally see them. No, nope. you wouldn't want to stick your finger in because some of them stick spines in you, some of them bite yep. you. There's all kinds yep. of nasty customs in there, yeah. One of my good friends who's a captain in the United States, so used to yep. fish with, with her father, the, the late Captain Jack Kelly, right. and, and she now runs a charter boat that she tows. So she either runs it out from um, Crystal River Way. Yeah. Zello, Homosassa, that way on on the, the I think they call it the um, the Nature Coast. Yeah, yeah. Or she she goes into some of the big lakes, the you know the Hernando chain of lakes, Tasala, Apopka, and all that. Yeah. And she put a picture on Facebook of yesterday. She caught a redfish and it coughed up a perfectly intact, still alive wow. fish, and she didn't know what it was. She called it a Mohican because it had a single dorsal fin spiky and a long dorsal fin behind it. Wow. And it was actually a crested goby. Wow. I identified that for her. Then they, but, and then another guide put a picture of a fish up, and I couldn't identify. I looked at it. It was like... A two-spot blenny, but it only had one spot and was highly dotted. It, wow. it wasn't a two-spot blenny that someone had nicked one of the spots off, or yeah, a, yeah. you know, like a redfish. You'll sometimes get a redfish with no spots, or another one with eleven yeah, spots. Yeah, separate you know, species. This, this yeah. was, yeah, I, I couldn't yeah. find this. Couldn't, I searched all through all sorts of websites that I used to find. I couldn't find them at all. But wow. that's the great thing. Yeah, there, there, there will be fish you can catch that, that nobody's ever seen before. I'm sure. Of course, yeah. I mean. I, I, you know, I, I'm. I'd love to catch one of these dragonets. Now, I don't know whether it's the male or the female. That's the, the posh one. I think it's the male, is it? That's got all these little like frills and and colours and stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was fishing a rock pool. Well, a crevice actually. I, I was targeting wrasse, and uh, and not in not in very deep water, maybe. But water was quite chocolate. It was just after a storm last year. Uh, and there's a yeah. video video on YouTube and Instagram, and I hooked this, whatever, it was a, a dull thud, and I thought, oh, what? And then lines started clicking off. I was only on six-pound braid, three-pound fluoro leader. You know, I was really finessing it. And uh, anyway... So is that I, my Portuguese? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was definitely, you know, I wanted to see what it was. I really, really wanted to turn this fish. How it didn't snap me, I do not know. Anyway, I, I got it up, and I, I was using this tiny little Western Street stick rod made for ultralight fishing for perch and i got it and i turned it and it was a strap conger about four pound 
And uh, I got it in. I got it in the landing net. And as I turned to the camera, because you know my brother-in-law was filming, I was like, "Yes!" And as I, as I did that, I scared the eel, and it caught. It sort of like like flipped and unhooked itself and went back in. Oh, um, no. But I, la- I landed it, mate. I got it in the net, and it just you know backdoored it on me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a shame because it, it and it is amazing what you can pick up on lures as well in the sea. All, yeah. all, all sorts of things. I know, I know. I was winding in one of my tiny LRF. Um, well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a lure. I was actually using one of the um, the old synthetic ragworms. You know the, yeah. the ragworms that uh, Maroku were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, power isomies. I was winding in a bit one of those, the, the tail end of one, about two inches long, and the biggest bass I've ever seen in my life chased it up from the bottom. Wow. And and I thought I wasn't going to be able able to wind fast enough to stop hooking it because I was yeah. fishing about fifteen feet above the water, wow. and this thing came straight up. It was a huge, huge bass. Wow! But yeah, that, that's so the seaside people going on holiday this time of the year, yeah. and you can buy like a ridiculous cheap outfit, can't you? you yeah, you, you can yeah. buy like a, because some of the rods aren't much different from what you would describe as toy rods. They're, they're very flexible. Exactly, you don't yeah. have to cast. Yeah. If, if you're fishing a harbour wall or a rock pool, you can just have a little dangle about in those. Yeah. So people can take those on holiday. But the the great thing about what we started to talk about, the urban fishing yeah. is yeah. the number of people that do it that don't drive because they can't drive to where they're going. So they, they get public transport. Yeah. To where they're going, you, you can get you know little lure. You can get, but I've got a four piece rod that leaves yeah. you going a rucksack and a reel. That the box that I, I just showed you with my um, yeah, uh, my, my crappy lures in that's yeah, two cigarette boxes inside. Of course, it is, and, and you can take it in your pocket and you, you, you can have a great day's fishing for the price of a bus ticket. Of course, you can, mate. Of course, and you know, you know, anyone that knows me, I take I used to take you know, on a day's pike fishing, eight jerkbait outfits different strengths different cast you know casting weights you know five buckets of lures and stuff and 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 now i just throw a few bits in my pocket and and yeah. you know, and just wander off you know both both lrf fishing and my urban street fishing you know just throw a few bits in your pocket and that and, and away you go so so when you're when you're looking for some um urban fishing yeah what? Where do you start first? I mean, you, you you know the places in Manchester, you know. Yeah. But if if you were sort of a virgin at it, if you'd never done it, um, yeah. what would you look for? Wherever you, I mean, not everywhere's got canals, but most places have got a farm pond or a um, a dike running through it. You know, in, yeah. in the fens, there's loads and loads of little dikes that connect bits <sighs> of fishery to yeah. bits of, of, of major waterways together, or just irrigation mm. places. Yeah. Is anywhere likely to have a fish or two in it? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, as you probably know, Keith, I spent a lot of time fishing the fens, um, you know, playing little. And, uh, you know, you'd spend time fishing the bigger main named uh, systems and you'd fish like, you know, some of the biggest pike I've had and perch have been like the little two feet, you know, you could jump across um, and, 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 you know, yeah. and, and most of this ultralight stuff now, you know, you know, you're getting roach and gudgeon, you know, I've had gudgeon on little imitation oh, yeah. stuff and, and rough, you know, um, you know, so, so these little species, you know, in their own little domain, 
you know, they're, they're king. And, and, and so if, if I was fishing canals, for instance, you know, and I've never fished there before, and there's plenty of canals I've never fished before, you know, I'd look for your typical, you know, obviously you start at your bridges. It's kind of psychological, but they do hold fish. Now, yep. you know, I, I took a lot of, I took some of my office out last year who have never been fishing before. We took them, majority of them were, were, were female, and we took them, I took them right in the centre of Manchester, um, uh, you know, described the importance of polarised glasses, it takes the surface glare off, and well, there's one particular bridge, and it's just, you know, it's just bridges are easy for people to throw stuff off, bikes, street cones, signs, and their natural little habitats, they, 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 you know, these people that are throwing them in, they don't realise they're actually building habitats, but littering at the same time, <laughs> you know. Exactly. How many fish live in tyres? Exactly, you know. I've got one particular lake there, Rudyard Lake, and on the Echo Sound, on the old Lawrence, there's a pile of tyres, and you can actually, on the screen, you can see the tyres. And, and, and it was a great holding spot for perch. Um, but, you know... Getting back to your, you know, your, your canals and stuff, you know, your, your typical barges, you know, and and you know, the amount of big perch of our drop shot in at the side of, right underneath, right at the side of a barge, uh, you know, and and bridges, and and some of the bridges last summer, Keith, you know, in Manchester, I've never seen so many perch, like literally really? perch soup, and that's, you know, I'm not definitely bullcrapping, and and and, mm. and it crystal clear. Some of the canal systems, you know, especially Islington Marina, which is a real interesting marina, you know, it's a very busy place. But you know, is this in Manchester? Right in the centre of Manchester, mate. And coats. Of course, we've got it, we've got marinas in Islington as well, but that's Islington, right. London, London, London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, and we were we were sight fishing for perch, and the girls was was catching fish, and and you know, and, and some of the some of our girls now have actually crossed over to the fishing republic side of things, and they're actually working on fish with fishing republic alongside myself because they've, you know, they've got hooked. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's and, amazing. It, and it, but if if you look, you know, you get someone to look for more than two or three seconds at a perch. Yeah. All the different colours and the nuances and patterns Beautiful. start coming out, the different colours in the eyes, yeah. the way the bars camouflage yeah. them yeah. And, and how symmetrical everything is. And it's they are absolutely like a gudgeon. They're absolutely wonderful fish to look at, a perch. Yeah. And then you've got the added benefit of, oh, look in its mouth. Do you know that yeah. swallows fish nearly as big as that? Yeah. Look at that dorsal yeah. fin. That stops anything swallowing it backwards. Yeah. So you, you can actually give a little bit of a biology lesson on them as exactly. well. We, when we catch them over at the, the, the charity ponds, we always make a point of, of showing the different um, – obviously, we do it in, in, in a wet net. Yeah. So yeah. We, you know, we're not actually holding the fish this time. Yeah. And we give them a description like – the rud's jaw comes out yeah. underneath and the roach's jaw comes yeah. over the top and, and can describe them all. And when you look at them for more than a few seconds, the, the variety of colours in every fish, but especially in perch, yeah. is really dramatic. That blood red it of the is. fins yeah. and the lovely little lilac lines on the gills. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous fish. So you can understand people falling in love with them yeah. and yeah. they're gangsters. Yeah. A million percent. They are. Yeah. You know, they remind me of that old film, Warriors, for some reason. It, yeah. <laughs> they are little, you know, little gangsters, believe it or not. And and yeah. and, and, and it's yeah. it's about the educational side of things as well, Keith, isn't it? You know, when, you, when you're talking to some people that have never fished before, 
just spend a bit of time giving them a bit of, 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 of you know, education about the fish, you know, the, the, the importance of the slime, you know, and, and all that stuff. It, it's great, but getting back to the perch and the clear water, I, I'm going to bring David Seaman back into this because we were on our break during a shoot and this particular water was a crystal clear. Now, I wasn't allowed to take any low gear on this water, but... You know, I and I, and I said I said to this owner, I said, "Have you got any predators in there?" And she said, "Yeah, the odd perch." So uh, David was taking time out and having some food with the crew, and I just stood on this little bridge, looking around with me with my polarized glasses on, and I looked down, mate, and I seen this. I, four pound. I wasn't going to be dramatic. It was four pound. If you know, four, three and a half, four pound. But because of the water, mate, it was like an oil painting, the fish. And I couldn't shout David quick enough. I'm like, David. And he was eating at the time. And I was like, David, quick, come here, come here, come here. And uh, anyway, he come running over. The crew come running over with him. I said, slam these glasses on, mate, and look down there. And he looked down and, oh, God, you bloody hell, dear. You know, and he was, and we were sharing, we were sharing my glasses between me, David, and a, and a couple of the crew. And we would just watched this perch just cruise underneath the bridge and just swim off into the depths. And I thought, if I had a drop shot rod or anything, anything, you know, uh, we, we, I, I reckon we'd have caught it. But, that, yeah, so you're sharing that moment. It's about sharing moments. You know, I'll never forget that, yeah. sharing that moment with David Seaman. Will you, wow. <laughs> will, you get the opportunity to, will you get the opportunity to go back with a rod? Probably not, mate. Probably not. It was, uh, <sighs> yeah, it was quite a strict place. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. But the, the, now you also mentioned right at the very beginning, you mentioned perch, and you sort of threw in a little blindsider there. You threw in trout. Yeah. Now I know the Earlham in Manchester has been stocked with trout, very very difficult to fish, and I know they survive. Oh, they have. As far as I know, they survived. They certainly survived for quite some time. Are, are they still around? Are there still trout around up there? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it's it's it's. It's just become uh, like a little a little fashion thing now for these urban perch and and uh, and yeah, there's a lot of little tiny rivers and big rivers in and around Manchester. Some of them you won't even dare to fish with, you know, um, five bodyguards. It's you know some of these places, especially where I fish, you know, you've got to really know where to go. Um, and 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 a lot of these old rivers, you know. 20 years ago, there was white foam coming down them. And, you know, uh, if you fell in there, you'd be stinking for years and stuff like that. And and over the past, you know, for me, 15 years, the the, the, the wild brown trout, I, I call them wild brown trout. Um, some of them, you know, I've got a lot of friends who fish in Scotland and they say some of the markings on them are, are as beautiful as. Um, and, and, you know, little blue, blue tinges to the cheeks um and you yeah. know yeah and we're catching them on 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 ultralights and and it's it's the the you know the kamikazes and let's face it they'll they'll eat anything you know uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah when when they're naive when when you when they've not seen an animal yeah, of course. before as you say yeah, you got eye behind a tree to put your bait on it's it's, it's yeah. one of those kind of things yeah, yeah that, that happened that happened on the wandle down near me they they put some um caged trout wow. in as like the miner's canary <laughs> 
to see if the, if trout survive, everything will yeah. survive. Yeah. And now there are, you catch genuinely wild brown trout there now because there's been none stocks at adult wow. size. They're all fish that have grown on or bred on in yeah. the river, and it, it's it's sort of a bit incongruous. You go just um, just out past Collierswood, past Wimbledon Station, South Wimbledon Station, and and head south down towards Morden, yeah. and and you go to Mitcham, which is. Mitcham isn't the nicest place in the world. It's okay. Yeah. You know, anybody listening from Mitcham, it's a very nice place. <laughs> it's not. Um, and, 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 and you can go and, and, and it's the, the Wandles are chalk stream. Yeah. And you've got these concrete culverts going under bridges. And you'll see a bloke there with a seven foot number three weight fly rod putting a dry fly underneath them, catching yeah. trout. I mean, one guy at the start of the trout season this year had 18 on his first wow. day. 18 wild brown wow. trout and and it's also where i, I, I think I'm, I'm right in saying that that mr halford invented the dry fly on the river wow. wandle and wow. yet when when i was not a boy when i was in, in my 20s and 30s that river was running a different color yeah. every day yeah so yeah it, it's it's incredible it's incredible what's happened and of course this is one of the reasons why, whilst we might complain about the amount of, of excrement and other nasty rubbish dumped yep. into our big rivers and and um, and even into yeah. the sea, yeah. some of these smaller waterways, where they've recovered from industrial pollution, yeah. they haven't got that same kind of organic pollution um, that, that worries us so much about some of the other rivers, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that's the case where you are. Yeah. Because trout aren't going to be trout, trout aren't very happy running around with a, you know, something come out of a soil landing on its head, is it? <laughs> well, that's it. You know, it, it's you know I, I've seen we've got a river here, Keith, called the, the River Irwell, and in World War Two, the actual Germans used it as basically, uh, you know, when they had the blackouts, they used it as, um, a, you know, a, a runway or as such as a guide to bomb Salford and in and around Manchester. So, mm. a lot right in the centre of Manchester, there's a lot of bomb holes and bombed mills. Um, and there's one particular spot where we go, and the perch and the pike and the big chub and the big brownies, uh, you catch them all there. And they're old foundations, and they're like 15, 20 feet, 20, yeah, 20 feet deep, some of them, because we've... I've mapped them out with 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 the you know with the yeah. um, with the echo sounder, and uh, and and the, the whole some of these rivers now these old polluted rivers they, they are they have they've come on mate a lot they, they, they really have in fact the smallest river not far from where I live um, I've had some of my biggest brown trout out of there and these I've never had a pound brown trout out from there they've always been five pound to eight pound plus. Oh. Um, <laughs> and the far and few between, yeah, honestly, you know, and, and yeah. it, it's and, and and these are in real, you know, these cars in there, and you know, and and yeah. That's why there's not many pounders. The others are a, mil- a million percent, a million percent, um, yeah. and 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 so yeah. So the urban, the urban trout fishing, which I haven't done much of. I went a couple of. Well, I went last month. Well, did I go? Anyway, I can't remember, mate. I've been that busy. Uh, and we had a shed load. We went off in, in in up to Yorkshire, and we had a we had a load of small trout. And to christen me, uh, christen me new custom rod, <laughs> which which was oh yeah, that's that's a beautiful. You showed me a photo, and that that is that is an, an outrageous piece of kit. Just tell us a story behind that. Yeah, of course I can. can. Um, you know, 
it's made by a chap called Darren Keats, a company called his little company called Resi Laws, he, and, he, and he makes special one-off rods. And so I I gained access to some of my old fella's ashes, and one of them do what you want with them sort of thing. <laughs> we shared them amongst the family, and I wanted to do something crazy with them. Um, sounds bizarre to people get some tattooed in there. That's the way I am. That's what I'm into, or. What, and I was thinking, what could I get done? So I, I contacted uh, Darren and I said, look, mate, I says, you know, would you build me a custom ultralight rod, um, a work of art, something that you can't buy, something that's really unique. Here's what I'm into. Here's the colours I like. But <laughs> would you somehow include some of my dad's ashes? And it took him about seven or eight months to complete it. Uh, anyway, it's made by... Uh, he, how he's done it, I do not know. Um, it's a 10,000-year-old Siberian uh, mammoth molar tooth fossilised, and he has turned it into sort of like a handle and all the rest of the, the, the bits and pieces um, into this rod. And he's actually included, you know, some of my dad's ashes in the, uh, in the, the butt section of the, of the rod. Um, and it's a special piece of kit, mate. You know, it wasn't wasn't cheap, but it's a work of art. You know, it's it's a work of art at the end of the day. It, family heirloom, no, that's it, family it is, forever, mate, mate, and it's it? actually dedicated to me dad, mm. where he was born and when mm. when he passed. And it's a beautiful piece of kit, but I'm scared of using it. That scared you. <laughs> I was just, that was my next question. Are you going to use it? Because you know, your dad would never hear that crap, mate. A he million percent, it. Keith, and. You know, yeah, I've used it. I've I've had strict orders that of various people that I've got to use it, and I've even I've even yeah. ordered uh, and paid for a spare tip section. <laughs> so, <laughs> just in case my lad gets hold of it, because he's fishy mad now. So, <laughs> he's three he? years old now, mate. He... So I was going to say, was even, I remember him arriving, <laughs> yeah. and. Um... And that's not that long ago. So he's three, and he loves. I've seen. I've seen folks him on your social media, on on your, your Facebook page, and he, he. I mean, you have to drag him off the I, bank, I, don't mate. You? I have to do. I have to do. I've. He's got this little um, uh, American style bait casting reel with the handle on the opposite way, typical thing, from that we got from Bass Pro. And you want to see him wang that about, Keith. Obviously, we take the trebles off, but he thinks he's fishing. Uh, yeah, yeah. We give him a little crankbait, and he there's some videos of him whopping out. He's getting a better caster than me. Um, and kid number two was actually, uh, we were filming um, Urban uh, for Fishing TV, and uh, we had this real doomsday sort of month of everything went wrong. We tried, oh, I wanted to catch this. I wanted to catch a pike from this polluted river we've just spoke about. Um, well, it's not polluted anymore. Everything went wrong. A car got broken into. All me, majority of me, me laws and rods got t- taken. We left the car for literally five minutes, and it, it, my own fault. Should have known better. Anyway, everything went wrong, uh, and it took us a month to get. And we finally got to this huge weir pool. The fishing was perfect. I could smell the weir pool. Jerk baits were ready. Lovely, oh, that ozone yeah, smell. Yeah, that's when you know you're fishing. And 
and yeah. my, my camera guy Joe was like, right aren't you ready three two one right recording hi I'm Ant blah 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 my phone was going in my pocket I thought he's got to be an emergency I'm trying to concentrate on this you know urban stuff anyway I just said Joe I need to answer the phone I need to answer the phone anyway it was on loudspeak the camera guy was still recording and it was my missus and my waters have broke my waters have broke <laughs> I, all this is caught on film you can actually watch it mate they kept it in the phone call was running. There was two miles to the car. Whilst I'm running, I'm having a cast at the same time because the the, the, the conditions, <laughs> mate, the conditions. I had four follows that day of some very big pike. And, any yeah, so my kids are in and around the fishing scene. I actually... I actually hooked a small pike that morning before that and, and I, I actually went into, I didn't have time to change, and I actually went in theatre stinking of Aesop's Lucius, mate. I, I Genuinely, you couldn't write my life, mate. You really couldn't. Um, and it was all caught on film and they kept it in. So there's one for you to watch. <laughs> yeah, I will. You, met, you mentioned there some, um, some other species too. And I remember when we had a family fishing day at um, at uh, yeah. on fishing ponds, and um, it people were demonstrating yeah. different things. Um, we we had lots of people trying fishing for the first time, and it was a very very busy day. So we had a couple of other people, and I was I was pole fishing, and 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 Sam and Gary Edmonds rocked up and fished with yeah. micro lures. Now I think I mean I. I I, I eventually fished with maggots because I was getting my backside <laughs> kicked and finished up getting it properly yeah. kicked. Sam and Gary had over 50 fish wow. that day and there are no predators in the lakes. There are now. There's a big yeah, perch I told yeah. you about. But they caught, they caught genuine crucian wow. carp. They caught brown goldfish. They caught tench. They wow. caught bream. They didn't catch any roach because we didn't have wow. any roach in there, but they caught an abundance of golden rud all on some of the little baits that yeah. Berkeley were doing at the time, like little imitation bloodworm, imitation yeah. maggots, imitation all sorts of things, little hooks, tiny yeah. little weights, ultralight rods, and just flipping them down the edge and yeah. giving them some yeah. action. And they were catching on those when I genuinely, and I, you know, I like to think I'm no maggot fishing, and I genuinely was struggling to get even yeah. a bite, fishing with a pole and flicking out maggots and everything. And I just wandered around like fishing right by the reeds, right close in under the platforms. And they caught every fish that, that we had in the lake yeah. that swam. Unbelievable. And I'm sure, you know, maybe not on the crystal clear canals because they do seem to be absolutely dominated yeah. by predators and big carp. That doesn't, yeah. in my experience, there doesn't seem yeah. to be much else. Um, I, I can't see anything else yeah. in them anyway. Um, they seem to be dominated by those. But I would think on some of the more coloured sections and, and some ponds yeah. that you can yeah. get to that don't appear to be worth fishing, if there's a fish in them and you can find the right kind of lure, you must yeah, be able to catch them. Yeah, I mean, like you say, in fact, um, funny you should say that, Keith, because I was drop-shotting on a that I had permission to on a, uh, on a commercial and I was trying to tie, I was trying to sniff out the big perch and uh, not many people low fish it and you, and you are allowed um but I, I hooked them. and they're old little square mill ponds Keith they, real they look like Roman oh, bathtubs yeah. and they're all in a in a Pillsworth Fisheries it is uh, and 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 basically yeah. I was I was trying to sniff out the big perch and I, and I hit this fish and I thought this was it I hit it, it was like this corner where all the rubbish had 
you know, typical crap corner we used to call them. And uh, <clears throat> straight away, I thought there's going to be, you know, there's going to be micro life down there. The fish, you know, it's going to be perched down there. And I just started drop shotting this little tiny shad, just a couple of inches off the bottom. I whack! Zzz, my mate gets his camera out and he's filming it. Oh, I'm getting this on film for your aunt. And, uh, which is a rarity, you know, someone taking the time to do that for you, which is great. And it took off, and, and I, anyway, I turned it, and it was a little common carp, about four pound. <laughs> and I thought it was a, wow. it was genuinely hooked, fair and square, you know. But yeah. like, you know, I've yeah. hooked bream on canals, fair and square, you know, not foul hooked, fair and square, um, on little, you know, trying to sniff out these on these little mill ponds, especially where you know no one spends any time on, and and you end up you end up hitting bream, and you know, I've had crusions, I've had eels yeah. on lures. It's bonkers, mate, and it's it's not just. There's a predator in every in everything, in my, in my opinion. You know, everything's got some degree of, of, of carnivorous. Yeah, that's the word, about, yeah, hasn't it? It's some kind of cannibalistic. Yeah. It may be yeah. a better word. They will eat each other. They will all eat each other. Of Absolutely, will, no doubt. Of course, you know, I, I I've seen shoals of roach hoovering little micro fry up and and stuff. It's it, it's great. It's great yeah. to watch. I've watched them at Rutland do that. I've watched I've watched roach in the pin yeah. fry because I thought they were trout, and I've drifted after this shoal of, of of rising trout late in the evening, drifting down towards the dam yeah. from Normanton Church, and I'm throwing every pin fry <laughs> imitation there is. And make no mistake about it, roach are far far cleverer than any course, trout that's yeah. ever swum. And and I, I I didn't I didn't get a take. And in the end, I just turned them over on. Drove up into them, and they were they were. I think they they were possibly wow. rud, but they were whatever they were. They were on the surface, and they were chasing pin fry, wow. and they didn't have spots. Wow. And and uh, and that, that ruined my <laughs> evening. Basically, <laughs> I, I did once catch when um, when Hayfield put some barbel in. I did once catch a barbel out of Hayfield Lakes yeah, on fly. Wow. I took one one of our. One of our crew, when we, when we were filming Fishermania, when, when we were broadcasting Fishermania, one of our crew, we had a, tight lines. We did tight lines on the Friday night, then yeah. fish on the Saturday. And one of the crew had bought some incidental tackle to decorate what we yeah. used as a studio. And there was a fly rod line reel. So, oh, can I have a go? Yeah. Stuck on the pheasant tail nymph down the edge. Bonk, bonk. Thank you very much. It was only sort of eight, nine inches long, but it was a barbel and it was caught on yeah. flying. Right. Yeah. Can you do that? <laughs> I was quite happy with that. So, you know, they will take, they will percent. take anything. I mean, what their natural food, you know, believe it or not, most natural, most fishes, natural food isn't pellets and it isn't paste and yeah. it isn't even maggots. It's things that yeah. live in the water, and if you can imitate those, be it anything yeah. from a leech up to yeah. or, or down to, you know, unfortunately, it's difficult to tie <laughs> yeah. Daphne allure because they're really not very big. <laughs> but if you can get, you can certainly tie one the size of a hoglouse, of course, and freshwater yeah. shrimp gamorous. There's there's loads of gamorous yeah. imitations yeah. you could use. Yeah, but they've got to be. I suppose they've got to be more realistic. And I'm, I'm, you know, you know, what I'm like. I go off on a tangent, and I'm thinking out loud. But they've got to be. I would imagine more natural looking yeah. than the lures, the, the flies that you'd normally use for trout. Which, in most instances, you tend to caricature <laughs> yeah, the real yeah. thing, don't you? you? You get something with the outline of that'll tease a trout, and because trout are more, they are more aggressive than bream and roach. But you do, I've I've seen so many pictures of bream caught on everything, from live baits through dead yep. baits to shads to split tails to on yeah. fly you know peter stone caught these the massive trout at, at far more donkeys years ago 11 pounds yeah. we had on yeah. a fly 
You know, that yeah, incredible beautiful. fish. Yeah. So, so if 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 you had to give someone um, advice and and they they really fancied having a go at this, assume they've got a yeah. little quiver tip rod or a little baby fly rod that they could put a little fixed spool reel on and a bit of line. What what would you recommend them to buy for the business end and where would you suggest oh, they it, go? It can be a tough one there, Keith. Um, I, me personally, you know, get some good uh, good, qu- good quality uh, fluorocarbon leaders. Uh, your frog air, I use frog air. Uh, I use, you know, a, a range of stuff. I've used that for years, so I trust it. Uh, there's loads on the market now, and it's cheap enough. And you can buy kits. You can buy ready-to-go kits. Um, and basically just, you know, I even use, um, you know, little freshwater hooks, you know, for, for not specific drop shot hooks. I'll use, you know, animals and stuff <laughs> like that, camazans and, and uh, you know, stuff yeah. that, that works, as long as you can get it on the palomar and pass you know, pass the, the tail back through and pop it out. That's the way I I, I, I was taught how to tie a drop shot. Uh, Palomar, yeah, exactly but, right. But, but I pass the, yeah, t- I pass the tail too. back through the eye and pop it through so it kicks it out. That's right. That's right. So it yeah. And sticks out right angles, yeah. Sam Edmonds has got a very clever knot that I can never remember how he's to do. Me but he's, he's got a very clever knot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. uh, anyway, but, um, yeah, so, and you can go out there. You don't have to spend a lot of money. And just go investigating, you know, I investigating waters now. I scale down and I use a lot of micro stuff, and I and I fish for bites, and and you know, I've even used bright red pole elastic before today on 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 the drop shot and caught, you know, yeah, that's a bloodworm, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, hook it wacky yeah. style and and get it, you know, get some action in there. Um, just to, just to explain wacky so, style, to people. yeah, hooking wacky style is so say you've got a straight worm. Or you know, or, or even a, a fork tail straight, you know, soft bait. You know, hooking it direct in the middle. Um, you know, and, and and that to me is that is the original wacky style from the bass guys in America. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, no, you don't hook it. So you don't hook it through the end and yeah. make it wriggle like a lure. The middle. You hook it through the middle. Yeah, and and make it. Yeah, exactly. And, and wave both wave ends. Both yeah. ends. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I've seen that someone bass fishing in Spain yeah. in, on Canary Islands, one of the ponds, one of the one of the reservoirs on Canary Islands. He was um, he was taking some bass wow. apart on on a, on, wow. on a wacky rig. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah great it is. name as well. Yeah, and and I, I suppose one of the biggest problems when you come across a bit of water um, in your locality that doesn't look yeah. like it's fishable, it's finding permission to fish it. Or whether you need exactly. permission to fish yeah. it or not. You know, um, it, people think that, you know, your rod licence covers everything and, you know, it really doesn't. You you still need mm. permission off clubs, you know, day tickets, landowners. It, it doesn't end, you know, when it's worth doing all that research out. We spend days and weeks, you know, with my little crew that I fish with and we, we really study the place before we even go. Um, you know, we'll even walk around it without any 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 gear, looking for possible you know features and stuff that'll that'll and then and then we'll turn up mob handed with the with the equipment and we'll we, you know we'll we'll, we'll fish it. Yeah. So you know your watercraft really does pay you know pay you know it pays off to walk around. I fished a commercial doing some uh, photography work a couple of weeks ago, 
And straight away, you know, I was looking around and I was thinking, right, okay, so I'm not allowed to fish with the predators in here. I've got to fish for carp, uh, you know, which, you know, I've I, I fished for. It's just strange seeing me sat down on a seat box. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I fished right at the side of this trickling sluice. And I took the place to bits, catching um, lots yeah. of, you know, species. And it was great, you know, and the crew that, yeah. I, I film with are not anglers, you know, and and they were like, oh my god, and and, and it was great, it was good fun. So I, I I'd spent an hour looking around for features before he even fished the spot, uh, and it was his. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I've done a bit on commercial fisheries. Trev Price, when he well, he still manages Alders Farm. He's got a different owner now. He invited me up there and Sam um, to see if we could catch any carp. On lures, yeah. and we, we caught quite a few. I mean, to be fair, um, in those days, they, 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 and still to an extent, um, there were too many carp in there in those days. They've, they've since yeah. thinned the stock out and improved the quality of it no end. But they used to breed wild in there, and they were like, what I think um, Viv Shears described them as cricket <laughs> yeah. bat commons. Yeah. So they were long and, they were long and yeah. skinny, cricket bat shaped. Um, and we caught, we didn't catch loads, but we caught several yeah. in the pouring rain on lures. Fishing... Where you'd fish if you were fishing with yeah, paste for yeah. carp, like down the yeah. edge and under a tree, any bit of cover, just drop it, give it a little wiggle. And they weren't, you know, we weren't trying to irritate a pellet or anything yeah. like that. We weren't cheating. We were using genuine yeah. soft plastics on proper jig heads with the no barbs. You, you can't buy them, but yeah. we couldn't buy them barbless in those days. So we'd completely yeah. flatten the barb right off. And it was amazing. You, you know, we, we caught several and to feel those things fight. On a little tiny LRF rod and a bit of three or yeah. four pound fluorocarbon, goodness oh, me, I, did yeah. I hang on. Like you say, all, the, all my heavy gear is just hung up and dusty, and and I've got my selected little uh, ultralight stuff now, and and I just I love it, mate. I, I you know it is addictive, yeah. and I highly highly recommend it if you want to get into it. Definitely, you know, and you don't have to spend a lot of money. Just go out there and enjoy it. You know, I'd spend. You know, I'd spend uh, you know, you know, the higher bit of the money on on the end tackle, and you know, I'd go for you know the yeah. good quality end tackle and stuff. But I think the last thing probably is a rod. You, you, the last thing you want, the, the best quality is a rod because you yeah. want a reel with a reasonable yeah. drag, some good hooks and some good line. And if you've got that, I, I think you're made. What well, you know, what you need, mate, don't you? We need the Ant Glasgow Urban <laughs> Fishing Kit in JD Sports. I, I wish, mate. Uh, the amount of people. <laughs> and a little rise, and a little rise yeah, for I you. Wish. A little uh, increasing uh, yeah, yeah. salary. No, maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> no, I, I've had my opportunities of people wanting to put my name on rods, and I've not. No, it's not for me. Apart from my little custom rod, maybe that's personal to me. But, but yeah, you, you, who knows, mate? Who knows what the future holds? You know. <laughs> it's been fantastic talking. Oh, up. mate. Well, yeah. No, I appreciate it. as always, Keith. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. We, me and David, me and David Seaman did actually talk Great, about you know the good old days of tight lines. And I've got some fond memories of him, and I think he's got some fond memories of me as well. Like, like when we finished, when when I caught this eleven pound barbel, we were on the complete angler weir pool yeah. at Marlow, and Frankie, his wife, came across. Um, barefooted across the grass, not realising there were five hundred Canada oh, geese spent the night there, and it was even slippery. It was even slipperier than a normal <laughs> domain of the ice rink. She walked across the grass, sat down, and the complete angler gave us wow. a lovely picnic lunch. So, um, yes, you'll remember mate. that at least. <laughs> All right, mate.
Some great urban fishing tales there from Hank Glasgow Jr. Now there's a man who has fun when he's fishing. If you have a piece of disused water down your way, why not take Hank's advice? Get yourself a decent pair of polarised glasses and do some exploring. Thank you for joining me on the Strange Boat Podcast and don't forget to like, share and subscribe to make sure you don't miss anything. I'll be back soon with another shipmate and some more fishy stories. But for now, from me, Keith Arthur, it's cheers and tight lines. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings to show you sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.